Welcome, everybody, to another special presentation of the Toledo Matters podcast. We got the usual crew here with you today. And today, we're going to be talking about the Get On Up Ohio Theater Funk and Soul Review. And and uh, with us today, we, we were interviewing um, Gloria Ann Taylor, who's like the special guest at, at that show. And with her, it was Larry Meyer, friend of the show. Yep, she, she was, was uh, from a previous episode. Yeah. She was that miraculous voice you guys heard on that intro. Yep, and then we'll, and we have a full track at the end, so stay tuned. Yeah, so we don't really have much of an intro today. We're just going to get on with it. So Get on up. <laughs> Here you go. In this world, we'll with us today, we have... Uh, returning guest larry meyer and with him more importantly no offense larry is uh <laughs> none take very important is gloria ann taylor uh who is a, a singer and uh, she is going to be performing uh at the ohio theater on uh, april 23rd and so we're going to talk a little bit about that and about her background and, and all that so welcome thank you for coming thank you nice to be here and uh gloria are, are you from toledo Yes, I was, well, I was born in West Virginia. Yeah. But I came here at the age of two. Okay, so wow. you're from here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that so counts. I am. <laughs> and how'd you get into singing? My mother was a singer. Yeah. And uh, she was a evangelist, and she was a gospel singer. And I was very close to my mother. I went with her a lot of, you know, a lot of her engagements and stuff like that. Okay, and just being around that made you... Sing made you want to sing? Well, yeah, I could sing when I was a little girl. <laughs> so you're not formally trained then, just kind of came naturally to you? Yeah, it was a natural thing. Awesome. What I read here, that your dad wanted the, the family musical act? Yeah. <laughs> My brother was the youngest, but it was about six or seven of us, and uh, we would rehearse and laugh, you know. Yeah. But he was more serious than what we were, you know. And early on, were you, were you seeing mostly gospel stuff? or, or? Well, later on, when I was like 11 or 12, it was a gospel group that came to my house and asked my parents if I could sing in their group. And uh, <laughs> they, you know, was skeptical, but my mother, she had faith. She said, no, let's let her go. Let's let her go. Mm -hmm. And uh, So when you're 11, wow. What yeah. Was, what was the name of the group? The Emerald Gospel Singers. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of interesting to me that part of this Toledo history uh, kind of aspect that there's this this local based gospel group, uh, glorious part of it, and there were other younger kid there were kids or younger performers in the band as well, right? You mean the second group I went? Well, to? that wasn't the Cordettes. Right? The Cordettes, but, yeah, they were. Some of them was younger. Okay, and but with the Emerald Singers, you guys went on tour, right? And went down with the Cordettes too. Okay, but where'd you go? Uh, we went down in the south. You know, we went to Paducah, Kentucky. We went to Mississippi, Chicago, you know, just small cities around Toledo. 
What was that like as a eleven year old? It was fun. <laughs> they all baby me, you know. Yeah, it yeah. was fun. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, so you, you were singing with that group for a while, and then it sounds like right. Mary mentioned then, another one. Okay. Then later on, oh, when I got to be like in my teens, maybe nineteen or twenty, I went to the Cordettes. And and what were the Cordettes? The Cordettes was a gospel group. Younger, some of them was younger, some of them was older. Yeah. yeah. But we was very good. Very good. So would it just be kind of going to different like churches to sing, or were you doing like like shows? Of, no, of we were. T- it was music? churches and halls. Okay. That maybe the church may have you know rented, rented it or something. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So you know, I I've read a few things about you, and a lot of the time the articles start with you were discovered while at a nightclub here in Toledo, right? And then things went on from there. Right. I guess what I'm curious is. So you were also with these two groups before any of that happened. Right. Yeah. My husband came looking for me, Walter Wissenhut. Yeah. And put me in the music business, you know, yeah. on a higher level. Yeah. But before then, the, the groups were, were the two you've talked about. and, and or, or was there anything else that you were doing? No, I just left the group, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, when Walter came to see you, I mean, I mean... There's, he saw you at a place called the Greenlight. Right. Right. And so you were already performing and fronting a band right. on your. Oh, was it on your own? Were you the solo act, or was it in your name, Gloria Taylor, or was there a, the band? I was the main act. Yes, I was, and uh, I made a little money make every night. Where was the Greenlight? Detroit and Woodruff. Okay. What what was the scene like there, Detroit and Woodruff in 1966? Woodruff. I I imagine different than it is now. It was just a nightclub, you know, (laughs) where people like to come, you know. But I started packing it, you know. Right. And uh, people started coming from uh, Detroit to see me. So you were just singing with, like, a band playing behind you or something? Or were you just singing? Yeah, okay, cool. And then uh, Walter Wisenhut, who was he? Then he came, my husband. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't your husband at the time. No, he was not my husband. <laughs> no. Uh, he liked me a lot, you know. He was in the music business. And... Yeah, he was James Brown production manager and number wow. seven number seven promotion man in the United States. Awesome. Yeah. And he he did. He, 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 he liked did, me. And then and then what happened? Tell, he tell liked this. me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever meet James Brown? Oh, yes. Oh, oh man, we got stories. We'll get to those. That's awesome. <laughs> we, we can't come out too strong in the first, <laughs> Definitely. The first four minutes. All right. <laughs> I, I'm always curious, like, what's the process for from the artist when somebody comes up to you and says, "Oh, hey, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the music business. I think you're great." What's running through your head? Like, what do you, what are you thinking? Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad you enjoy me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Same feedback we have when people say they like. Sure. Show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So did you did you move as a result of? Yeah. After yeah. a while, okay, we moved to Cal. No, to Washington D.C. And we left. I left my husband in Washington D.C. and went to California with my brother. So the interesting thing is, Walter had his own production company, and so for, for people that don't understand that term, or you know, he would tell me if I'm wrong, right? He would gather the songs. Gloria, Gloria and Walter, or Gloria Walter and, and your brother Leonard would, would write the songs, or he would get the outside material. He'd book the studio. He'd get the cats to play, and and so when it was all done, he'd own that master. Mm. He'd own that recording. And, uh, and so would I. Re- yes, as part of Selector Sounds, mm-hmm. as the owner of Selector Sounds. And they would, uh, he would then shop, be able to shop that product, either release it on his own or uh, license it to another label. Yeah. But that's how they kept uh, 
because of Walter having a production company and owning the stuff, that's how Gloria was able to keep uh, ownership of the stuff after all these years. Which is which is awesome because that's not the case for a lot of artists. And, and one of the things that I'm holding now, which again, this is an audio <laughs> format, so nobody can see what I'm holding now, but this is a... Uh, a collection of a bunch of your recordings is that right this mm-hmm. love is a hurting thing that recently came out yeah beautiful vinyl right and there. thank you so i'm looking at this and all these selector sound 45s it, those were well what larry was just talking about those right? are our, our labels you yeah. know in our music how has your your style evolved over time or do you do you feel it has or hasn't well, I have kind of mellowed down. I'm in, mostly into gospel now. Yeah. Yeah. I love the Lord, and I want to. I want the rest of my life to be spiritual. Whereas, how would you describe like the older stuff? The older stuff is stuff that I did at that time that I felt was me. You know, I always had a whole lot to say about what I what I sing, and uh, who I dealt with. You know, the record companies, and I've I've had. A, Hey, my my husband never did anything without my permission. Well, you know, in 1970, Gloria was nominated for a Grammy alongside Aretha Franklin and Tina Turner, which is probably the best (laughs) indication of of someone who's new to this to try to make them understand this older, the music that's on the ubiquity reissue. What's that like? Um, That's the best indication I think we could give you. You Got to Pay the Price was the name of the song. Okay. You and you went to the Grammys? Was that fun? I don't think they had Grammys like they have it now. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah. We like to sensationalize that stuff now. <laughs> you said you knew James Brown pretty well. Well he's uh he, my husband was his production manager. Okay. And his and he was number seven promotion man in the United States. Wow. There's this great story, and Gloria expound, expanded on it for me the other day, but um, tell them the story about James Brown and Dancing on the Table. Oh, <laughs> you like that one, don't you? I, I, yeah, I get this image. I get, yeah, it sounds like a good one. James Brown came to our house, and uh, he got up on our coffee table and did a spin and then uh, splits. Oh, <laughs> on the coffee table. <laughs> on the coffee table. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Was this at a party or was no, he just No, it was at my house. Over? It was at our house. It must have been a house. sturdy coffee table. <laughs> it was a big coffee table. Yeah. You know, he, he was kind of the same off stage that he was on stage. Just kind well, of a... he was really entertaining my kids. Right. You know, they was excited, you know, about James Brown coming to the right. house and all, you know. And he was just entertaining the kids mainly, I think. Yeah. That's awesome. And did you? So this was in Toledo. Yeah, you were living in right Toledo? on Cherry and Rockingham. Awesome. That was my house. Very cool. You know, one of the other things we talked about the other day, and if, I mean, if you guys, thanks for including me in on this because this is all such a learning process for me. Uh, as much as I've learned about Gloria, um, there's still I'm still learning. There's still these the stuff I, I don't know. And uh, Gloria was telling me about uh, going out on tour after she'd released some records and was working with, with her husband and going on tour with uh, The Emotions and Johnny Taylor. Yeah. And first, you got to do this like the way you did it for me the other day. Joe Simon? No, well, I said, Johnny Taylor, Johnny Taylor. <laughs> I should recognize that name. Who, who, who was Johnny Taylor? Mm. What's the song? He had a lot of songs. Who's on. making? Oh, you're trying to get me to sing. <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah, we are. I don't want to sing none of James Brown stuff. <laughs> oh, no. Anyways, Johnny Taylor, who's making love yeah. to your old lady while you're out making love? Mm-hmm. And wow. So, she's telling me these stories about uh, working with those guys. 
That was the title of the song? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a long title. <laughs> it's an interesting scenario. It's very descriptive, too. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you want to connect the dots here and see what I understand and, and uh, uh, Gloria will, will, will help us here, but when they moved to Maryland and then moved out to uh, L.A., right. out to join your brother Leonard, and then uh, eventually Walter came out too, right? right? And is that when, uh, when you were out in L.A. when you did Jolene? I think so. Yeah, yeah. The, the Dolly yeah. Parton song. Yeah. And if you want to hear an interesting take on this old Dolly Parton song, you got to hear Gloria's cover of Jolene. But the, the thing that's really famous among record collectors is that Deep Inside of You EP, mm-hmm. that four-song thing. Is that about the time frame then that was released as well, but out in the California yeah, days? Yeah, I think so. So that would have been, now we're talking where are we at, late 70s, or mid-70s, early 70s? Early 80s. Early 80s. I'm not real good at the years. <laughs> <laughs> they all kind of come together. Yeah, and but while you were out there in California, you were playing dates. I did some, performing. yeah. Can you tell me about the couple of the clubs you mentioned? Like one was the Palladium? Hollywood, Hollywood Palladium. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard of that. Hollywood Palladium? <laughs> What's yeah. that? Hollywood Palladium is a place where you really, you, 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 you're going to make it if you get in there. Okay. And that's that. where was that at? In Hollywood. <laughs> oh. So it's not, just, it's not just a clever name. Right, 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 right. It's like, where's the warehouse district, Nate? Well, I mean, we have Hollywood Casino. It's not in Hollywood. Right. right. I know about uh, that. But Gloria told me about taking her kids down there to see see the name up on the marquee. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Right. Gloria and Taylor yeah, going nice. around and around and around, and around <laughs> and, uh, for weeks. Yeah, yeah. But then uh, some stuff that eventually, though, he just kind of walked away from it all, right? I got tired. All of, our, all of our money went into the music business, you know, and we did without a lot. I had four kids. We sacrificed a lot in order to do this music. It's time consuming, I imagine, just all the rehearsing and ch- traveling and all that stuff. I'm yeah. kind of takes takes your whole. Well, your whole I time. think maybe maybe may pay, it may pay off now. Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's what we're yeah we're working towards that. Yeah. You know, one of the things uh, I tell you when Gloria. Uh, contacted me about about some work and um you know i i'm pretty well versed in in in, i think music and this kind of music and the toledo connection to this stuff but nobody knows everything sure yeah and gloria came into me and um i I didn't recognize the name you know and as soon as she she told me she talked to me and and I, i listened and then i went and i I Googled her name, you know, I did the search and I say, I about pooped my pants. <laughs> and, and but among all this, the first thing was the music that I heard. Yeah. I, I thought, this is awesome. Sure. I like the music. Don't ask me Aww. to find it, but I know when I hear it and this is cool and this is worth being involved yeah. in. But that dig a little deeper and there's all these chat rooms, like these guys in Europe, you know, all these, uh, the one thing about the internet, you can reach right, the soul music nerds wherever they're at, right? <laughs> and, and the concept of, you know, the buzz phrase is northern soul. Huh. And finding these guys uh, and finding the, and these message boards saying, what happened to this lady? This is my favorite soul music 45 ever. Where's she at? What's going on? And I think that's the vibe that uh, Ubiquity Records uh, picked up on mm. and came in search of Gloria and probably worked. how this happened? Through your brother, Leonard? Yeah, they contacted my brother, but it took me a minute to to want to give up the music to, to Ubiquity. Just didn't want to deal? Uh-uh, I wasn't ready. Wasn't so ready. they wanted the, the copyright? rights and stuff for it or something or they wanted to put out this reissue what? right okay. right yeah. and 
And yes, they did. They 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 had a plan. They approached Gloria. And they had a uh, a shopping list. I mean, they mm-hmm. they cherry picked. They knew exactly what singles, right? What, what what they wanted to pick up on and wanted they what they wanted to release. And yeah, the first uh, go round was uh, what I would call a traditional recording deal and publishing deal. There's a, a advance on the table, and in exchange, transfer the copyrights, and they would own the mass recordings and they would own the, the copyright and the composition. And um, Gloria knew this. She knew that the only reason she was in position to have that conversation is because the way her husband handled it, right. and that they had owned this. So we were able to turn this around into a licensing deal and a publishing administration deal. So Gloria still owns it. That's oh, awesome. great. Yeah. And Larry, I think you mentioned that, that there was this four song EP that's like prized among record collectors. Why is it so prized among record collectors? If you want, well, I know. I think that the objective answers on the outside. Sure, I'd love yeah. to get Gloria's input yeah, here. Yeah, I'd, I'd one, like to hear both. Yeah, <laughs> as great as these records are, there also there weren't a lot of made of that, so mm. it's scarcity. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And the thing that's really uh, interesting uh, is, is how Gloria's music or Walter's vision, right there, uh, was like on the cusp of disco before we had disco. And I think a lot of the reviews that have come out of this record and they talk about the EP, they actually use the phrase proto disco. <laughs> why not? That sums it up sure. as good as anything. Yeah. You know, but there's an interesting, uh, interesting thing, uh, this transition in styles of music and it's very deeply layered. There's a lot of stuff going on. So what was it like? What did you think of it, Gloria, at the time you were making it? It was me, you know, and I was just doing me. And he was doing him, you know, and we brought it together and came out good. Is he a musician as well, or does, was he just kind of on the business side of it? Mostly business, you know, production. He was in production and promoting. Right. Yeah. Well, so one of the interesting things in the history of, I think, of Gloria and walking away from the music business and things ended the way they did and, and when they ended, and then it directly ties in that this project with Ubiquity Records and how it was made. Gloria, what's the story? You had the master tapes, you're moving out, they were in a car. What happened? The car was uh, towed, and the, and, the, and the tapes was in the car. How'd you get them back? Oh, didn't get them back. You didn't? Get them back. I still want them. So oh, <laughs> when you say tapes, you mean like reel-to-reel, like quarter-inch reel-to-reel tapes? Eight, eight tracks, uh, 24 tracks. Okay. My son had had a car. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have a car at that time. And I told him, I'm going to put your uh, put my music in. Walter gave me the tapes. He said, Gloria, I'm just going to let you have them. Mm-hmm. And so those were the only, like, those were the master recordings? Yeah, there wasn't any other masters. copies? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, because they were the label, right? So when they came to do this album project, everything had to be sourced from vinyl. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they were collecting what records they had or out in the market actively buying 45s. Right. Because you um, really have to find a pristine one if you're trying to master from the from the vinyl itself. Right. So it was uh so Ubiquity was pretty serious about about this project. It obviously wasn't the easiest thing they right. could have could have undertaken. Yeah. And then then the end end result is this uh this this collection called Love is a Hurting Thing, right? And the one we have right here is is in vinyl, but can you get it in other formats? And yeah, uh, it's available on CD. Yeah. And the interesting process here, when they, about the end of last year, round, just after Thanksgiving, 
they dropped what I want to call a, a 45, right? But no, man, it's a seven inch single, <laughs> right? Today, 2016 speak, right? The, the seven inch single came out. And about a month later, I guess demand had uh, been uh, high enough for it. They dropped a, another one, same thing, but on like colored vinyl, Coke bottle green vinyl hmm. came out. And then at the end of 2015, the uh, CD came out and you can get it, I, I'm sure to other stores as well. Yeah. Uh, one of the highlights of my pro this my involvement in this project, and it's not about me, but I gotta share this because it's, it's, it's tribute to Gloria. I walked into Culture Clash Records a couple weeks ago. Nice. And they were playing it. They were number one, they were playing it on the- Oh, that's great. Ah. And, and number two, it took me just to set, my, my immediate thing was just, hey, this is cool. And then I, oh my God, that's glorious music. That's, <laughs> that's Gloria. Yeah, They're yeah. playing Gloria. And to top it off, the trifecta, there was a customer up at the cash register buying one. Oh, yeah, right there, great. like boom, yeah. boom, boom. <laughs> so anyways, you can get it locally. Uh, I'm sure the other stores as well, or they can order it but on, on CD. And then uh, early in 2016, the, uh, the actual the vinyl came out. And this thing is it's like a coffee coffee book it's a yeah, yeah it's a it's work a of art yeah you guys can't see it but it's it's a double double pack it opens up in the middle yeah. and has like you know stuff inside and multiple slots it's a, it's a pretty cool record for sure yeah so larry uh the reason we're here promoting today is the uh get on up ohio theater funk and soul review coming up this saturday how are you able to procure Gloria and convince her to come on out. Well, he seems to have a lot of authority here, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Since I've been dealing with him, you know. Okay. He's, got, he's got some pull. Truth, truth. I had to ask a couple times. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't get no right mm -hmm. away. So I let her rest for a little bit and uh, asked her again what she thought of it. And eventually she thought, She'd like to do it. So I went out and got a piano. Yeah, yeah. And we got a piano donated to the theater uh, in order to make this happen. So Gloria agreed to come on and be a special guest. And she's going to do a, a couple songs in, in between the other acts. Okay. Uh, tell me, tell us a little more about the other acts. What's going on? Yeah, well, we're going to talk about the show. We're going to kick this thing off. Basically, we got two funk and soul bands from the Detroit, greater Detroit funk area. Funk and soul. Funk and soul. We're starting off with uh, the Gabriel Brass Band. Mm -hmm. And like the name implies, it's a brass band. Uh, interesting family story. The Gabriels, uh, like a lot of people, they moved. I mean, this is your story, right, Gloria? In the late 40s, your, your father, you came from West Virginia, and your dad got a job at the Jeep plant, right? right? Yes, he worked for Jeep. And, and I think the, the Gabriels, about the same time, they moved up from Louisiana. They left New Orleans, and uh, it, it came up. And this... They can trace six generations of horn players in this family. And wow. this is, if I've got this correct, this is the fifth generation of in one version or another of a Gabriel family brass band. And uh, some of my friends and people that are familiar with the Arts Commission events may remember a couple years ago, we were successful in bringing in the Lowdown Brass Band from Chicago. Mm -hmm. uh, but that kind of funky, like the, the second line march marching type thing so uh these are some guys straight family roots right out of new orleans so you can't get much funkier than that and then the second band the headliner uh the third coast kings which is much more of what i would describe as a soul band uh bass drums you know a couple guitars and a couple horns and the show's the 23rd at the Ohio Theater. That's right. In, in between, uh, we're going to do a little guest shot with Gloria. Like, we got a little trio. Ooh, uh, nice. going to play a couple songs that she wrote, some new new stuff that's not, not oh, part of the Ubiquity reissue. We so. got some new stuff coming out? Oh, yeah. Ooh. 
It's a bomb, too. That's <laughs> awesome. what I'm talking about. <laughs> are, are you re- actively recording anything new, or, or is this... That's That uh, stuff that we just now putting on, you know, going in the studio with is... It's going to be all right. Great. Where and where are you? So you're recording at the Ubiquity Studios. Then is that where you're doing the new stuff? No, we work together in uh, um, doing a demo, help okay. the shop the labels, uh, including you know obviously Ubiquity be one of the first people we talked to. Mm-hmm. But we've been using a great guy Eric Sills out at Stone Soup Recording in Maumee. Cool. And for Gloria's purposes, uh, finding a studio is one thing. Finding one with a piano is another. <laughs> right. Here's a guy that's got a nine foot concert grand. Mm, oh, wow. great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't even have enough room for a piano. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a huge, professional, big, nice podcast studio. <laughs> right, right. I could get a, I could get a keyboard in there, maybe. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming. Oh, in. honey, really my pleasure. I'm glad I and, came. And we hope that the the show on the 23rd is great. And good luck with recording your new stuff. Thank you. Thanks for having us. We're going to end this episode of the Toledo Matters podcast with a special presentation of Gloria Ann Taylor's "Deep Inside of You." Without further ado, here it is. Thanks for joining. 